Hello and welcome to Heart, Soul and Roots. I'm Tiffany and I have with me. Hey everybody, I'm Nicole. Welcome to this episode. Yay, I am super excited about this week's episode. We are going to talk about evolutionary women. So maybe I guess we should start off by defining what that term means to us. Yeah. Um, so I actually was introduced to this term by um, Barbara Marks Hubbard. I hope I pronounced that all right. Well done. Um, <laughs> and I took a course called Evolutionary Women, and I was interested to learning more of what that was and um, how I could, it's, it's really about changing the world. So what evolutionary women, what it really is, is it's a term that defines the way that women have evolved, especially from the past couple of generations to the current generations of, um, we, I think women have always cared about the world, but doing more to help care about the world, like doing more. I think in the past, women have really been, Nicole and I have touched on this a couple of times in the past, women have really been kind of pushed into this box of this is what your set things are that you can do. Um, and in, you know, the 60s and 70s, women evolved. And um, I think this, there's always been outliers, you know, there's always been outliers that were willing to speak up. But I think yeah. now we're more, we're more encouraged to do that. Well, and so... Yeah, no, no. We're, now we're more empowered, aren't we? Um, looking back yes. not that long ago, women didn't have any rights and, and the women that have, the outliers, as you say, that have that have stood up and fought for, for women's rights um, that, have, that have brought us to where we are today. I mean, look at the two of us. We are running our own businesses. We're, we're on a podcast. We're out there. We're, we've got mm -hmm. free, free speech. We're able to vote. We're able to make our own choices We're we're both in loving relationships. I mean, that is miles light years ahead of where maybe our great grandparents were. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. I know I was listening to something just yesterday and it was a history podcast and they were talking about um, it, like women's suffrages. And I I was like, that was only like a hundred years ago. Like it was not that long ago, really. I mean, yeah. Zeke's, Zeke's grandmother is still with us and she's like 95 or six, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, it, this is, most of this has happened in her lifetime. It's just, it's incredible how, how short that time really seems when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. My grandma's not nearly 99. And I think mm. how much she's lived through and the changes that she's seen before her eyes. And it's mind blowing. It's a completely yes. different world. The world has changed 10 times over since she was a girl. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And so this term evolution, evolutionary women is just kind of move, you know, talking about that and where we are now and today. Mm. Um, so there's, there's lots of different women out there who both of us admire. Um, I know that you know some women in leadership that you super admire. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we've through the pandemic, I think a lot of female leaders around the world have been brought to brought to the the spotlight because of the way that they've handled the pandemic. One of my favorites, personal favorites, is the New Zealand Prime Minister, who I know we've spoken about before. Um, but not just leaders around the world. I'm a big fan of of Michelle Obama, Hillary Clinton, people in today's world that that speak up a lot for for women in all sorts of different ways. 
Um, I know they're both political figures, but and, and I'm not I'm not wanting to get into a political debate about this. But just as women, as female figures, I, I really appreciate what they do and and what they put out there. Yes, yeah, I was so sad last year when um, in the states our Supreme Court Justice Ruth Gator. No, my gosh, I cannot say her name. Yeah. RBG. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Ruth Baynard Ginsburg. Sorry, sometimes my I flip my letters around. <laughs> um, she was an amazing force, and she kind of embodies what I kind of think of as somebody who would be an evolutionary woman. Yes. Um, who really stood for what she thought was right and um, wanted to help push not just women's rights, but all you know, humanity rights forward. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? When you talk about women pushing for pushing for rights, women generally push for human rights as opposed to one specific set of rights. I feel like they're not just fighting for one cause; they're fighting for it's 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 almost like that mother that mother kind of energy coming forward. Like every, everything is in, is included in my fight. It's not just about it's not just about me and and one sector of of society you know i think that that's that's just some a really awesome trait that women have is that we care so deeply you know this mother love that we have for humanity Mm. and i think we are more likely to fight when we are able to stand up for others and help others Mm. um move forward and so I think that that's where you see a lot of women leading these these big rights movements to move to move us all forward and not just ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And and we we were talking about this before. We're going through a shift now, aren't we, where we're moving from the 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 domination of the masculine the masculine vibe, the masculine energy, the masculine way of doing things. And there is this shift into the into the divine feminine coming forward. I think it's going to be difficult. It's going to take time, maybe not difficult. There's always going to be a struggle because the masculine is so so rooted in in what what he wants and his dominance. And I'm not saying that all men are like that. It's just that kind of masculine energy that's been dominating for so long. It's right. going to take time for for a balance to to come into play, um, and and I think we do often see this kind of sway. It keeps swinging. It's like a pendulum, isn't it? It swings from one end yes. to the other and doesn't quite land in the middle. So, I feel like you also see a lot of women that are very stuck in the masculine way because they've been brought up in this masculine society, and I see it a lot on on social media and stuff. Women women going about their business in a very masculine way and it really puts me off because mm-hmm. it's it doesn't it it doesn't really feel kind of congruent coming from a female doing things in a masculine way with that kind of very heavy very demanding very invasive energy that can that can come with that yeah i think this also comes back to one of our favorite books yes. <laughs> untamed and Glennon Doyle, and I really love, there's this really lovely um, chapter that she writes on about comfort zones and how we as women tend to be really hard on each other when we see each other exceeding mm-hmm. because we have this innate training within us that has taught us to look at that as something bad or mm-hmm. something 
that's not good. And so, um, sometimes, you know, like you're saying with that masculine energy, when women come on with that masculine energy, I think that we've been trained that the female energy won't work. So we have to use the masculine energy yeah, and we have to go that way to be successful because that's in the past, what has been most successful. Yeah, but the, the, of course, I mean, we come from we come from generations and generations and, and hundreds of years of women being put down and and the the female being demonized and you know witchified and vilified and burnt at the stake and all of these amazing, incredible female attributes that men can have as well. Don't get me wrong; I'm not you know we're not just Absolutely. talking about this is just belongs to women. We but we all have everything inside of us. We all have the masculine and the feminine within us. But the feminine has just been vilified and and made made trodden on and made so small for so many years. Of course, we didn't feel like there was any power in that. So it is time now for women to really appreciate their feminine energy and be able to use it. And instead of having to push those urges down, maybe mm-hmm. we could use them to move to move forward mm-hmm. and really make a change, make the change that you wish to see in the world. Um, yeah. That's one of my favorite quotes. I have it everywhere. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you, Gandhi. Um, <laughs> so. You know, this Barbara um, that I took this course from, the Evolutionary Woman course, she said what really changed her life was when she she had, she was a housewife with five kids mm-hmm. and she started feeling really depressed. And she's like, how can I de- be, be depressed? Everything society has told me I want, I have. Yes. How could I possibly be depressed? Yeah. And instead of going to the doctors and trying to find a different solution. I'm not saying that this is what everybody should do, but this is what she did. And it worked really yeah. well for her. And she was like, what am I, what am I depressing in myself that I would like to see? Is there, let's see, I wrote down the question that she was asking herself. Oh, what do, what do I, what am I not expressing that I want to express? Mm-hmm. And what hers was, was she wanted to um, learn more about how we could push the whole world forward. And she ended up writing 300 letters to um, 300 of who um, Abraham Maslow said were like big, awesome souls that want to do a lot of good for the world. She wrote letters to all of them and said, hey, what is it that you think the next big step would be for us in the world? And she got people wrote back and then she put it all in a book and published a book. And this, this is just from some lady who was a housewife Mm. and she decided to really, you know, do something to make a change in the world. And so I thought that that, that when I heard that depression thing, I I went through and re listened to some of it. When I heard that, I was like, Oh, this is so perfect from our last episode to this episode. Yeah. That's actually really, as you were telling me her story, there was something in my mind going, that sounds really familiar. And then it just clicked that, um, it was one of the studies in the the lost connections book that I mentioned in the last episode. And he was Mm -hmm. talking about how they did a study on a whole load of women. I think it was in South London who again had kind of family and, 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 and kids and stuff. And it was like, why are they depressed? And they did this whole, this whole, experiment and research into why they were feeling so depressed and again going back to this reason there is always a reason and there is a saying that depression is repressed something repressed inside of you 
Um, so I think it's amazing that she she had the foresight to to look inside of herself and say what where are the changes that I need to make in my life and in the world, and this goes again goes back to what we were saying about before, doesn't it? A woman isn't necessarily looking just to fix herself; she's looking to fix ever fix things around her because she knows that it's not just her it it, it has a knock-on effect on everything right. absolutely absolutely mm. yeah you know something that's kind of interesting is since the um since the pandemic began there's been I can't remember the exact number, but millions over 2 million, maybe 3 million women who have left the workforce mm. um, and have not returned in the States. Um, yeah. I don't know what that number is worldwide, but that is a lot of women that used to be working that no longer are, which is just almost mind boggling in some ways. Yeah, it's it's kind of you can you can see you can almost see the logic behind it, right? Everybody has to stay at home, so the first one that has to give up their their dreams or their role, the thing that they've been they've been chasing, not even chasing after, but aiming for, is the woman because the woman then has to go back into her role that she was in, however many years ago, and has to be the one that's taking care of the kids, the one that's taking care of the home, because the kids mm-hmm. the kids are at home and they need that attention. I would obviously, again, I'm sure that's not the way in every single household. There's plenty of parents, co-parents that are sharing sharing the tasks. Absolutely, but I, I, you can you can see why that would almost be expected of the woman, the mother of the family, to to give up her job to go back to a role that she, she spent so many years looking to to evolve out of, in a sense. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's really interesting. There's, there's also been, there's also been a a big wave of that I've seen and that I've noticed the flip side of that. I've also seen a huge wave of female entrepreneurs or business owners or startups, women just taking the bulls by the horn, taking, or what's the expression? Taking the bull by the horn? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Okay. Women taking the bull by the horn and saying, "I'm going to go out there and I'm going to start my own venture." It's I've seen I've seen so much of it, and and maybe maybe it's just because of the circles that I'm moving in. But there are so many female entrepreneurs out there now. So many. I don't know if you've noticed that as well. Oh yes, yeah, I definitely have. I think women are trying new things. You know, they got they kind of got stuff back in the box that they weren't really ready to be stuffed back into in some ways, not always, not always, Mm. but, or, or the other thing is they could also have been like, you know, what I was doing wasn't fulfilling. Mm -hmm. This wasn't me. It's not, I just had a job so that way I could make an income. But now that I am, you know, I need to be at home. I need to be a teacher for my kids. Maybe I should do, you know, this, this thing that's been in the back of my mind for years. Mm -hmm. Maybe now is the time to go ahead and try it. Yes. Yeah. I've spoken to so many, so many people's not again. I know we're talking about women because this is about evolutionary women and it's not, it's not just women, but there has just been this influx of, of female of women that are saying, I'm just going to go, sorry, excuse me. Women saying, I'm just going to go out there and do that. And and that was my case as well. Two years ago when, when I decided to give up on a, on a career that spanned a decade and a half that was 
in that was kind of in in inverted commas my stability but it wasn't stable and it it was a it was a career and and I had a certain aspect of of the job of one of the jobs that I was doing so I was doing multiple jobs in the education sector and there was one aspect one job that was giving me anxiety I felt overwhelmed burnt out stressed it was it was just awful it was really awful I was teaching at a university and every time I went in I almost had a panic attack and it was so draining so so draining that I had to come to an agreement with my with my coordinator for the the final term or the final two terms I think it was the final semester I was like there are days that I'm just not going to be able to come in and he was like that's fine we'll work around it I'll support you through this and I was lucky that I had that support because I didn't want to leave him hanging to have to find a new teacher at that stage in at that stage in the year um and he you know he wanted to support me through it as well yeah yeah that's amazing so what what has it been like for you well maybe you should tell what your business is what is your business nicole it's funny isn't it because we had this conversation the other day and i was saying i don't feel like an entrepreneur but then we decided we settled on that was just uh that was a semantics thing <laughs> yes yes we yes. did <laughs> So, so I retrained as a hypnotherapist and a coach, and now I help people with self-love and self-confidence to gain calm, courage, and confidence in their life. And it's the most fulfilling thing I, I could have possibly be doing. I love what I do. And there's, there's, there are very hard aspects to it, as you well know. Um, being, being self-employed, being an entrepreneur, being in business, doing everything yourself. And before I started this journey, I never, ever, ever used social media. I didn't have an Instagram account. I had a Facebook account that I opened once a year. And um, I kind of quit my job and, and moved away from everything. And then I was like, ah, oh, fuck, what do I do now? <laughs> I'm not just swimming in clients like I expected to be. You know, I actually have to figure out how to make this work now. Um, mm. And so I had to as well as you know continuing to build my skills as a coach and a therapist and, and a therapist i had to spend more time more than double that time learning how to use facebook learning how to use instagram and i'm still learning 2 years later it's i've done millions of courses i've <laughs> You know, I've I've become a designer. I've become a social media marketer. You know, I've become all of these different things, an accountant, a bookkeeper, all of these different things for my own business. And it's a journey that you also know very well about. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Yeah, so I have a doTERRA business and you are one of my business partners, actually. I am. And... Yes. And I, so when I dropped into doTERRA, when I first started, I just wanted to use the oils. And I told the person that I got involved with, don't ever ask me to sell this. I'm never doing it. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> I, I am an education guru. I love to learn things. And so I was listening to a podcast and I, well, I was listening to podcasts. I love podcasts, but I couldn't find one about essential oil. So I just added uh, doTERRA essential oils and this awesome podcast came up and I was listening to it and I was learning all about um, how to use the oils, but most of their podcast was about the business. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing it, 
I remember this so clearly because I would, I always had a notebook with me. Well, I still do this. And I was taking notes on little, you know, tips and learning things. And I would write them down and I was washing the benches in the greenhouse, which is a nasty job. And so I'm washing these benches and I'm thinking about what I'm learning and they're talking about doing the business. And all of a sudden I just had this moment where I was like, how awesome would it be to be able to make the type of money they're making? They have like a bajillion kids and they can do this and they are really down to earth. Awesome people. I think I could totally do this. And I, and while I'm doing it, I can really help others who are struggling like I am. Hmm. And at the time I just, I had this pull, like I wanted to contribute more to the world, even though I work for an awesome nonprofit, I just didn't feel like it was enough. Like I I wasn't truly contributing what I should be contributing. Mm -hmm. And I just had this moment where I was like, this is it. This is how I can really contribute to the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only that, I can, (laughs) I was so frustrated at the time that um, we were not, we weren't like horrible with our finances because farming was doing pretty well, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. And I never felt like I could just donate to whatever podcast I wanted to. I was really into podcasts before podcasts were cool. <laughs> and I was like, I just want to donate to all these podcasts, but Zeke would kill me if I spent all this money donating to podcasts. And I was like, I, I that was part of it. It was, I wanted to be able to make the change I wanted to make in the world. Yeah. And so as now, what I get to do is I get to work with women that fill this, the same feeling that I did. You know, they fill this pool that they want to do more, but they don't know exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. And so what I get to do is I get to like, I get to help them pull them into the, to it. I get to show them how to use the oils for themselves. I get to show them how to help others. I get mm-hmm. to show them how to make an incredible income. And my goal is to have like 100 women that I have helped in in this business that are doing this business themselves and are so financially free that they, they can then turn around and start a charity to, to support whatever their heart desires. Mm. I think that that'd be amazing. So that is my big goal is I have this 100 women mm. to help them make their own business and, and really make the positive change they wish to see in the world. Yeah. So, I and I think, that. thank you. Thank you. I think that's what entrepreneurship is. Now, it's not like you said, it's not all glamour. (laughs) There is a lot of learning social media. Consistency is my bottom strength. And so (laughs) you see my social media all over the place. Like I'll do really, really good for a little bit. And then all of a sudden you won't hear from me for like a month. And I'm like, oh, wait, here, I'm still here, which is not good. I know this. I've taken the courses, but I'm a work in progress too, I guess is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love the goal that you have. And, and I love, you know, I love the journey as well. We met through, through the, through the oils and through doTERRA and you've taught me so much. And, and I always used essential oils before I got involved with doTERRA. I've used them for since probably as long as I can remember for, for different reasons. But then when we met and I got involved and started learning more and just fell in love with these oils and, and, and the company, and it's been an amazing journey and, you know, helping people. I love running classes, educating people, sharing my knowledge with people, learning from other people. I think that for me is is the part that I love, you know, learning with and from other people and empowering people and, and showing people, helping them, mm-hmm. showing them what, what natural living can do for them. 
how you can how you can get rid of toxic products from from your home and from your from your body from your life because at the end of the day our planet there's only one planet that we live on and the more toxins and chemical crap that we throw down our drains and put on our bodies the worse state our planet is going to be in and it's mm-hmm. just so commonplace to go to somebody's home and there's and I'm, 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 you know, kind of a culprit of this too. We still buy stuff with plastic because sometimes it's just so hard to, to buy stuff that doesn't come in plastic. It is. It's extremely hard. It is. It's frustratingly hard. Yes. And, and since, um, since we did that, the talk with Carol, mm-hmm. um, Which Hansen, been, oh, it has gone live. Yes. Yes, it has. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, I, the, when I learned about the plastic in the shirts that, because before then I was like, oh, this is such a good idea. We should be, you know, using this recycled plastic in shirt, but that actually makes it worse because then, you know, the single use bottles, mm-hmm. if they were recycled would probably become more bottles over and over and over again. Whereas when they become a shirt, then it's kind of the end of their life as the end of that yeah. plastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah. One of my favorite moments in when I am talking to somebody about the oils is when they get the aha moment. Like you see their face change from this skeptic, like what the heck is this crazy lady talking to talking about to this, holy cow, this could change everything. I love that moment. I love the magic of that moment. I, that is why I teach the same class about how to use essential oils two times a week for, let's see, I've been doing doTERRA for seven years now, I think. So for seven years, I've been doing the same thing over and over. And it's because of that exact moment and, and how much we really get to change others' lives. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's incredible. And I think that it's the same for every entrepreneur. They get to really make you know, they have this idea of what could really make the world better. And then they get to see it come into fruition. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, look, even somebody, even somebody like Jeff Bezos has a vision for, I mean, everything that Amazon does is designed really to make life easier, to make life more streamlined, to, to, to make things yeah, to make things easier for people, whether you agree with the way that that works or not is is a completely different topic. But right. any any kind of business, I think, I think any kind of business that that may no, maybe that's a bold statement, I was going to say any kind of business that does well, it does well, because it's, it's bringing something useful and positive to the lives of other people, whether that's a service mm-hmm. or a product. Maybe it's a bold statement, I don't know. Right, right. I think taken with a grain of salt, I think that, that is overall yeah. true. Yeah. Yes. And and that most I feel like most people are just trying to solve others' problems or solve their own problems and they're like, Well, wait a minute, if this worked for me, then mm-hmm. why shouldn't I tell the world about it? And why yeah. shouldn't I yeah. make a business of it? You know, mm-hmm. kinda like I just I just watched um Radium Girls on Netflix. And it's talked about radium, you know, when Marie Curie discovered it. Oh, I watched that film. Mm -hmm. Yes. So good. Right. Yes. Yes. And that also was only like a hundred less than that. It was almost exactly a hundred years ago, Mm -hmm. (laughs) by the way. Anyways. Um, so, you know, when they discovered it, when Marie Curie discovered it, she thought of all the amazing things and it's, 
it's not, and it was meant, you know, it was meant to be a positive thing to bring to the world. And it still is when yeah. used correctly. Yeah. I've listened to, I've read a book about her and I've listened to, um, a couple of podcasts about her, like mm-hmm. really digging into the history. I love this podcast. It's called the history chicks. Mm-hmm. If you like history, it's about women in history. Mm-hmm. It is so good. And they really dig deep. So that's where that's one of the podcasts that they did was about her. But ah, anyways. Okay. Yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah, but so- another visionary woman <laughs> or evolutionary woman that was trying to make the world better. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Back yeah. before, you know, very many women were scientists. Anyways. Yeah. So tell me, Tiffany, who were some of your um, most inspiring women? Of course, Glenn and Doyle with Untamed. I absolutely love that. Love mm-hmm. that. Love what she speaks about in that book and the way that she's leading women in that way. Some of the other ones that I really love. Um, oh, gosh. What is her name? The Indigo Lady from the States. Um. Uh, that's the person I keep trying to come up with. I read a book about her recently and I was like, oh, she was amazing. When she was a teenager, her dad, um, they came to the States and her dad had to leave and there were no sons. She was the oldest. And so she had to take over the farms and she's the one who actually brought Indigo to the States and made it a whole crop here and ended up like it was a lot of trials and tribulations for her to get there, but she just believed in it. She just knew that the conditions were right to grow it here and finally really made something of it. Wow. Um, Eliza Lucas, okay. Eliza Lucas. Um, and then her, she later becomes Eliza Pink Pinkerton, Pinkin, something like that. Mm. But anyways, she was incredible. Mm. I, so I've always been very conscientious about what I have the girls read and um, Cokie Roberts wrote several books about the founding women in the mm-hmm. States because we, at least here in the States, we tend to, I know things are probably totally different <laughs> over there, but in the States, we really tend to idolize the founding fathers mm-hmm. um, for founding the United States, which that is amazing. They should get a lot of credit. But behind all of those men were women that were pushing them along and doing so many amazing things. Mm. I mean, there's a reason that Abigail Adams told her husband, don't forget the women uh, when he went to write the constitution Mm. because, or the declaration of independence. And that is, or no, must've been the constitution. Probably it was the constitution. Uh, anyways, one of, one of those important, one of yeah. those important documents when they were forming the government here yeah. that not to forget the women and not for, to forget women's rights, because mm-hmm. those women did so much and they get so little credit and sometimes yeah. are forgotten about throughout history. Mm-hmm. So yeah. go yeah. women. So That's we right. are part of the evolutionary women. And we are here in our own little ways. And I don't think it means that you need to, you know, you don't need to be Michelle Obama or, or whoever else, or Glennon Doyle. You don't need to write a book that, that you don't need to be Marie Forleo or whoever that is that, you know, seems famous and, and up there. And, and you can just be doing things in your everyday little life, just your own little kind of making headway in your own way uh, to be an evolutionary woman, just living your truth and, and listening to your intuition and doing what 
feels right for you and 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 growing in that way and for me that is an evolutionary woman living in her truth standing in her power and and being able to to be who she really is absolutely yes yeah I agree. Brene Brown. There we go. There's, there's somebody more recent. (laughs) (laughs) There's another name. All these names are going to like keep dropping into my head. I'm like, Oh, why didn't I say them? (laughs) Yeah. But yes, no, um, you were going to tie it up all nice and neat. And then I just had to drop that in there because it's on the tip of my tongue. (laughs) That's okay. Keep them coming. (laughs) Um, yes, yes, I agree. We are both evolutionary women and it's, I'm just so grateful to know you and I'm so grateful to know so many evolutionary women and, and I tend to surround myself with them. And as I'm sure you do too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's, yes, we, we've talked about this before, haven't we? How we both moved away from, from having female friends because of our experiences with bullying and and with other girls at school. Um, and I mean, I've told, I, I also mentioned to you, I think in the last episode of my first evolutionary female friend that I met in my early 20s. And, and that kind of reinstalled my faith in females and set me on this journey of, of opening myself up to other women who had, who, who had a, an open heart, who, had, who were kind and loving and willing to, willing to be a genuine friend and through, through, through a place of love. Okay, I know how you're just saying restored your faith in women. Mm-hmm. And this Ursula Wirtz, I don't know how you say her last name. Anyways, she what? is somebody, oh, sorry. She is somebody who went, she was one of the first women that I would say beyond like family and such that started to help me restore my faith in women too. Mm-hmm. Um, she is somebody, she's friends with Leona Stuckey Abbott, who will be on our podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, she, I met her when I was traveling with Leona and she is amazing woman. I remember going to her house and this is now how I welcome people into my house. She, she welcomed us into her house in Switzerland. She opened up the cabinets to all of her cabinets in the kitchen. She's like, you are now here. You are welcome to anything in here. And she, she was just so welcoming, but her life, she had done so many amazing things in her lifetime. And I remember I was just out of college. I was just at that age, you know, a very influential age. And I remember being like, I want to be like you. I want to have all these life experiences. I want to help the world as much as I possibly can the way you have. And really, really move forward in the world and, and become an evolutionary woman. So she was one of the first ones that truly made that same, that same connection that you just said you had with. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? How we both needed to come to a place of having our faith restored in women. Yes. Uh, And, but my journey with that has been that I've connected with incredible women over the years and, and have female friends that I know would go to the end of the earth for me and vice versa that are our soul sisters. Um, and that is I guess that for me is the gift of of losing my faith in females and and going full circle and coming back to find the beauty in the female friendship and 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 the mutual female love. Absolutely. Yes. And that is about being an evolutionary woman. 
That's right. Full circle. So what a great conversation. I'm really glad that you brought this, you brought this topic to the table, Tiffany. This was, it was Tiffany's turn to bring a topic to the table. <laughs> so I'm really glad you did. And I think this has been a really good episode for, for both of us. So I thank you, my lovely friend, for, for another great conversation. Thank you so much for journeying with me and thank you everybody for listening. Make sure that you go out and like us on Facebook and on Instagram and follow us and share us out. Share the podcast. We're now on Apple Podcasts. Woohoo. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure that you rate us and review us if you're liking this. And please, if you have something that you'd like to talk to us about, reach out and let us know and we could record a podcast on it. Yeah. So Signing off, I'm Tiffany. And I'm Nicole. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.